You're listening to Back to the Light with J.D. Rieger, the two-way radio episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome to yet another episode of Back to the Light. I am J.D. Rieger. This episode is a big one for me and for Back to the Light. It's one that I've had in mind to do since the beginning back in April. And that's because we're finally getting to talk about the long-lost two-way radio album Succinct Extinction, which comes out this week, Friday, December 11th to be exact, on the newly formed slash made-up label Back to the Light Records. Sound familiar? For those who weren't there and don't know, Two-Way Radio was a poppy rock band from Memphis, Tennessee. I joined the band about halfway through its run after working as an engineer on their first record, Residential Llama. Somehow, we got picked to appear in the 2009 MTV series $5 Cover, which was created and directed by Craig Brewer of Hustle & Flow and now Coming to America 2 fame, and featured other, much more well-known, frankly, Memphis acts like Lucero, Valerie June, Snowglobe, Al Capone, Jack Oblivion, etc. in the cast. For about a cup of coffee or so, things really started to look up for the band. We got on this TV show, we got picked to play South by Southwest, we won a bunch of studio time at the legendary Ardent Studios from playing the Memphis Pops Festival, as we'll discuss, and we got hooked up with a producer we were all excited to work with, Mr. Scott Bomar. The band holed up at Ardent and Electrophonic with Scott and a few guest players and made what I think is a fantastic record, but then it never came out. And the band broke up. And here we are 10 years later. So what happened? Well, that's what my guests and two-way radio bandmates Andrew McColgan and Kate Crowder are here to talk with me about. But first, let's kick things off with the lead track off the two-way radio album Succinct Extinction, available this Friday, December 11th via twowayradio901.bandcamp.com, or on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, Tidal, and all digital outlets. The song, which incidentally features me on co-lead vocals with Kate, is called Dirty Dishes.
Now let's listen to a talk with my two-way radio guitar counterpart, Andrew McColgan. Andrew, thanks for joining us. Good to have you on the show. Hey, thanks be thanks to you. <laughs> Glad to be here. <laughs> nice, nice. Um, so, all right. So I, I, I'm going to start I, at what I think of the beginning of the story of of this whole record and how it was made and why it was made the way it was kind of launched out of us getting chosen to participate in the $5 cover project. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think that's uh, spot on. Um, you and know, for those who don't know, yeah. $5 cover was a Craig Brewer directed web and, and TV series for MTV, um, which we were in. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I think Scott, uh, Scott Bomar approached us after some of, uh, you know, we'd, I guess we had two songs that were featured in the $5 cover, um, uh, series. And, uh, so Scott we was the musical those. director on the show. Right. Right. So he, he recorded those songs. I guess he recorded everybody's songs. Um, and after, uh, he recorded those. He, um, I guess we, you know, talked with him, and and he was interested in in uh, continuing to record the rest of the songs that we had. What do you recall? Like, I mean, I, I sort of remember at least at the beginning of the project, you know, being involved with Five Dollar Cover was a very exciting thing. What did you did you have expectations? What did you think was going to come out of being in that show for the band man i had no idea i mean at the time uh you know i had kind of just started my career in uh you know and was working for like desoto county mississippi as like a gis analyst so i was like i was a little bit afraid of like okay is this gonna cause you know are we gonna need to like go on tour or like what, what's gonna happen like is this gonna blow up um obviously that was didn't happen. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but it was, you know, I mean, I was excited about it and um, you know, I, but I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I think we thought that, that there may be the possibility that, that um, you know, some people outside of Memphis might get excited about uh, excited about our music. And right about that same time, we happened to win studio time from being in the Memphis Pops Fest that Sherman Wilmot, the founder of Shangri-La Records, he was doing a festival for a couple of years called Memphis Pops. And we somehow like it was like a battle of the bands type situation with us <laughs> and like the magic yeah. was it was it the magic kids? And then like Mike Dees yeah. was involved, I remember. And Somebody yeah, else. yeah, I can't remember. I I do remember Mike D's and uh, and the uh, I think the Magic Kids. Um, I I just I remember think there was us, a fourth band. <clears throat> there was, and I just I, I remember we like did like a huge like you know call all our friends and have them call all their friends to come to that show because the way that they voted was just like they had these like paper ballots on all the tables at, and. Um, and and so like the basically the the more people you had there the the better your odds were 
<laughs> yeah, and and we really wanted that studio time. That was the prize. Yeah. The audience yeah. prize Hell was yeah. was a yeah. significant amount of time at Ardent Studios. Yeah, it was like uh, like I don't know, two thousand dollars or four thousand dollars or so. I, I can't remember exactly, but it was it was it was a good chunk. It would help us out. Yeah, um, it, it. I mean, you know, it it paid for a significant portion right. of the recording. Right. Yeah, and we we uh, we did our jobs and and got all our friends out there and and won it. <laughs> so we're with Scott. We've got the ardent time now under our belt, and we're going to do this record. And previous to this, um, the band had made records at at my studio, Unclaimed Recordings, which was like a small project studio. Yeah. Do you remember being nervous about going up and in, going into Ardent for the first time? It was kind of a big, significant leap, kind of a big step up for the band. I mean, I think I, I was, yeah, I was nervous. I was excited. I was kind of like felt sort of honored to be in the, you know, in the same building as so many other great artists had, you know, had been in and recorded there. Um, it, it was yeah we were in we were in studio know, c which was built for zz top right right i which, mean you could kind of like still smell the the smoke i mean they had ashtrays like lining the walls of that studio it was pretty awesome um i i was excited um you know just to 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 be able to be in that building i think was was pretty exciting and be among the 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 other people that were in that building at the time and that that had been in in the past it's pretty cool and at that time i mean two way radio uh and previously walkie talkie had never been like a small band it was never a power trio but the band had swelled to what was it eight or nine regular members plus there were lots of auxiliary members in the studio um yeah i, I mean remember, I think, it was was it a challenge to pl- not only to work with all these new musicians and players in this new environment? Um, I mean, I, I think the, the, the challenge came more afterwards when we were trying to play shows with eight or 10 or 12 people, the, the recording of it, I think, I feel like was, uh, was, was cool. Like, you know, I mean, we, we kind of set it up the, you know, where we did the basic tracks and then the, you know, ancillary, you know, all the strings and the horns and all that kind of came in, um, after the, the, the basic tracks, uh, the rhythm tracks and, and all that. And then, but, but trying to practice and play shows where, um, I mean, there were several shows that we played where we had, uh, Jonathan Kirksky and, um, and, you know, he, he had brought some strings players with him and but we had never practiced with him other than you know we'd heard him heard it on the record <laughs> and right. uh, so yeah I, I think that was a challenge more than more than the recording was do you think the band got too big in terms of personnel or do you think it was um i mean was it just right i guess is the alternative <laughs> I mean, you know, I, it's hard to say uh, if it was too big or just right. It was, uh, it was definitely big. I mean, it was crowded. 
when we would practice, but uh, <laughs> it's it hard was, to make money uh, with 10 dudes at the high tone. Right. <laughs> it is. Uh, and a but it was fun, but it was fun. Like, I, I mean, to me, just being able to, to hear all of that live was really exciting. Um, and, you know, I mean, I, I think that all of the horns and all the strings really uh, filled in um, spaces that 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 could be filled in. And so hearing it live was, uh, I think, exciting. So getting getting back to the record, because that's really what we're here to talk about, I guess. Um, <laughs> when we finished it, I mean. It's a pretty great, it's a pretty great record. You were proud of it, I guess, like I was, right? Uh, oh yeah, man. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I think there was an initial, like when I initially heard it, it was so different than um, what we had done at Unclaimed um, that I was, you know, it, it was surprising, I guess. I, d- I didn't. I didn't recognize it, I guess, but, um, the more, you know, I started listening to it, it is a, it's a great album and it's really, uh, you know, I think Scott did a really good job on it. Were you, were you disappointed? So when the record doesn't come out, um, and, and the idea that, that, that it's not going to come out sinks in with the band, I mean, obviously to say it was disappointing is an understatement. Yeah. I mean, you know, it was a, it was a big, it, it was definitely a, a letdown. Um, we, you know, I, I, I guess we had ex- expected that, you know, it, it, I, we'd gone into it with all this uh, excitement and, and hope that, you know, maybe, uh, you know, Scott was like sort of pitching it to all these labels and maybe one of those labels would, would come in and, and pick us up and, and then, <clears throat> you know, and then we'd go from there and, uh, and, uh, you know, Scott did pitch it to labels and it just, I guess, wasn't the right sound to the labels that he I mean, pitched I it guess, to. I guess I, he did. Yeah. I, I guess. I mean, you know, he said he did. I, I believe him, but uh, and I'm not uh, sure who. I have no idea who, but yeah, I I don't know. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, so uh, yeah, it was it was definitely disappointing uh, when you know. It, I guess the the plug was pulled on it. Uh, you know, I mean, we we kind of held out hope. Uh, I, I remember getting a few emails from Scott saying, you know, so-and-so, um, declined, but I'm going, you know, I've got other ideas. I'm going forward on it. And then, you know, when, when, um, when the, the plug was pulled, it was, it was, uh, you know, uh, deflating. <laughs> Would you say that the plug getting pulled was a major contributor to the band breaking up or just petering out. Cause I don't even really remember officially breaking up. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I um, yeah, I mean, I think 
at, at that point there was sort of a thought like, you know, what are, what are we striving for? What are we, you know, <laughs> we've, we've had, you know, I guess, you know, there, there's sort of like in the back of your head, you know, we had our chance and, and now it's, it's, you know, I, yeah, I, I think that was part of it. I, and another part of it was, you know, that we were all at a point in our lives where, you know, I was, let's see, that was like 2009, 2010. I've got two kids now. One is eight and one is 13. So, you know, I mean, and Corey and Kate have, have kids, you know, I mean, there's a lot of other stuff going on too, but, but I think primarily it, you know, we were willing to continue and, and excited to continue playing in the band, but, um, but that kind of, um, yeah, that, that, that sort of, um, deflated it for sure. Well, and well, you guys are back playing in a band together now, right? What's, what's the name of it? Uh, the Downsprouts. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so Andy, it's, uh, Andy Saunders on drums. Is Andy Saunders, Andy Saunders is uh, playing drums, and and it's just the, like the four of us. I know, but you know, uh, he's a great drummer, and um, we just you know we've been playing. Corey and Andy and I uh, ran into each other at a at an art opening. Uh, like I want to say that it was Corey's art opening or maybe Corey's dad's. I can't remember, but, uh, we ran into each other. Uh, it was probably five years ago and none of us had played. Well, Corey and Kate had been playing with, uh, love birds, but I had not played with anybody in a while. And, uh, Andy just was said, you know, Hey, let's, let's get together and, and play. And we, uh, we did it one week and we've done it every week for five years now. So, um, and then we added Kate, uh, about, I don't know, three years ago, three or four years ago. So anyway, uh, it, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's a lot of fun. I mean, we we really enjoy it. We do it every week. And, uh, the, the music is, uh, I think, I guess I would describe it as sort of, you know, similar to two way radio, but a little more, um, savory, savory <laughs> than sweet. Like there's a little less sweetness, a little more savory. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> I, I get you. I get you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, uh, before we go, yeah. tell, tell me what having the record out now, finally getting to put it out. Uh, what does that mean to you, man? It's, uh, you know, uh, um, it's a chance for other people to hear what we did 10 years ago that should have been out 10 years ago. It's, um, it's exciting. I, I really like the music. Um, I really like the, the production of it and, um, I'm just excited for other people to hear it. Time out. 
Before we get back to two-way radio, I need to ask you to check out patreon.com slash jdreger. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash j-d-r-e-a-g-e-r and become a supporter of me and Back to the Light. Subscribers to the Patreon page get ad-free versions of this show, exclusive music content, and more. Also, if you're looking for other ways to chip in, you can subscribe to the podcast, you can share us on social media, or simply share a link to the show with someone who might like to listen to it. Everything helps. Thanks in advance. And now, the ad. Welcome back. You've just heard Waking Hours, another track off the new two-way radio album Succinct Extinction, available this Friday, December 11th, as a download and limited edition CD from twowayradio901.bandcamp.com. It will also be streaming from all digital outlets, including Spotify. Now, here's my chat with, if not the leader of two-way radio, certainly its heart and soul, Kate Crowder. Kate, thanks for joining me on the show. No problem. Glad to be here. Yeah, it's been a while since we talked. It's been, I mean, since we really <laughs> saw each other, it's been like, I mean, not today, but um, like, I mean, that that rock camp thing was the last time we really hung out that I can remember. I know. It's weird. I, I guess we haven't even, we have not even talked leading up to this. So how have you been? How's, yeah, how's Jen? Yeah, no. <laughs> You know, I mean, we're okay. It's it's a weird, it's a frightening time to be, you know, far away from home and basically just kind of the two of us and our cats. Mm. But you know, it's it is what it is. We're That's doing awesome. all right. Podcast is doing okay. great. 
We, <laughs> I actually really enjoy your podcasts, and I oh, do follow you, you on social media, so I know a little bit about your your journey. So kudos, you're doing all right, JD. You're doing all <laughs> <Thanks>. right. Thanks. <laughs> um, oh my god. Well, tell. Well, we could start. Uh, Andrew talked about it a little bit. What have you guys been up to musically since since Two Way Radio? Oh wow. Um, I don't know. It's like a, a journey from the beginning to the end and then sort of back to the beginning. Um, I think we, we wrapped on two a radio and, and Andrew did really sum it up. I think um, just the whole, the whole circumstance, it, it was the right time maybe to, uh, to pump, pump the brakes on that particular project. And um, it was awesome. It was my first band. So it's always going to be, you know, my first and it's a very, very special time. I did a, a lot of learning since I'd not, played an instrument or been in a band prior to that experience. And, uh, since then Corey and I went on to join forces with, uh, Jared and Lori McStay, um, who became almost like a, a weird extension of our marriage for a few years there. So we played in a band with them. We, you know, called that band the love birds noting that we wanted to come up with the most cringeworthy name that we could to describe the relationship of two married couples in a relationship. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. It was silly. We had so much fun though. And, um, uh, I learned a lot about music. Uh, the two of them are incredibly talented, just a wealth of knowledge. And then you know how it can be when you, um, get comfortable in a project and you move on to another project, but you're playing with people that are remarkably better than you are, it causes you to stretch, you know, as an artist. And so I think, um, there's a lot of discovery for just me as an artist in that band. And, um, Corey and I decided to have another baby, uh, and that kind of wasn't in alignment maybe with the, the vision of, of what we were doing with lovebirds. And, uh, so we have slowed down. We still see Jared and Lori, obviously they're, they're dear, dear people, but, um, we took a hiatus. Uh, Corey did have the opportunity to start playing with Andrew again, and um, I wanted him to do that, like as a as a boy as a boy experience, you know, in a marriage. How you want pe- <laughs> you're you're supposed to have a hobby? Is that that's silly? But as, um, as a I've, side project, I, I I get what you mean. You know, yeah, I wanted to have something that was his, and um, you know, they. Pl- <laughs> They played for a couple of years before I feel like I came in. I'm like a black hole. You know, you've met me. You've, you've been in the room with me. I just take up a lot of space. But um, yeah, they they asked me to to come in and do do the things that I do. And um, I am so glad that I did because it, like I said, from the beginning to the end, back to the beginning, it's like coming home to to write songs with my original songwriting partners. It's much, much like old times, except with Andy Saunders, who is amazingly talented and also brings a wealth of knowledge, you know, so learning and, a lot and just of a really, from him. And just a very calming, positive energy that he brings to a band. Also. Good Lord. Yes. I, um, it, you know, I, it's funny, I guess I would have thought of him as calm and now being in a band with him. Maybe people don't know. He's, uh, he's hilarious. Like I have quietly Can hilarious on a podcast i've like peed my pants on several occasions from jokes <laughs> that he's told at <laughs> so i 
religiously look forward to band practice, not just um, for the for the music, you know, you know how it does when you like music and that that definitely like scratches an itch that nothing else you're doing in your day can. And uh, but beyond that, like it's, you know, it's it's, you know, it's my social time and um, away from work and, and being a mom. And I I love it. So it's it's great. It's great. It's like coming home. As big as two-way radio got, I mean, I think for a couple of shows, we were pushing 10 members at least, I think. Um, is yeah. it is, is it cool to like be more scaled down now, be playing in like just a, a four-piece, which is relatively small comparatively, you know, by, by comparison? You know, I I don't know. I, I think I'm like a, I am a person that I, I think in large terms. And so, you know, I, in my professional life at, at work and the other creative pursuits. I, I'm always one to like bigger could be better if it's done well. And so I loved some aspects of being in a really large project. Um, it brings a lot of color to the band. And I think one of my favorite things about songwriting is that collaboration piece. Um, so, you know, you, you want to write something that leaves space, um, space for people to make it their own and watching that happen each week. You know, there's some sort of magic when you leave space and Nishan uh, Bedford comes in and, and adds and adds his, his own artistic interpretation on that. And I think that's what made to a radio, I think a fun band to be in. I don't know if you agree with that, but I've, I've, uh, I, I haven't mentioned, I've been in other projects besides the love birds. That one just went on long and it was a really strong bond, but um, I've been in other projects with, some some really talented people here in Memphis, and that is something that I've noticed is not uh, typical. I think you go in and they have a really narrow narrow view of what they want, and you know it's your job to kind of carry that out, which is a learning experience. But um, I like the kind of songwriting and uh, music making where there is space to just go in and be creative and be weird, um, and just to have everybody doing them. If you will, I don't know, <laughs> and yeah, I, I like that about a big band. So um, that, that was fun, and you never knew what was going to happen. But then you're right, uh, the logistical side of it, uh, which we don't worry about this. The the downsprouts, that's our little four piece. We don't do much of anything besides have band practice. So it's really more like an emotional, spiritual release uh, for for us. But into a radio think about and you were there so you remember I can think of times that we were playing gigs out of town and you know you would look up and realize that you lost a member of the band um and you know you on foot had to go find them uh someone had fallen asleep on a park bench or someone had wandered off with a really pretty girl at a party and um you know I I don't miss that I think also thinking of us ha trying to find places to stay for free you know on the road that was never going to be easy either. You know, how do you say me and my, me and my 10 friends, you know, need a place to stay tonight. Um, a, a little different, right. Than being a four piece, like with love birds or, or the downsprouts. So, you know, yeah. um, and then there's personalities too. Not like, not like two way radio. We were like fighting again, you were there, but, um, there, <laughs> there could be some personalities or people assuming things, uh, you know, and then maybe that wasn't happening and there's, there's some like damage control on the personality aspect from time to time. But 
I think I was more oblivious to that than maybe you guys were. I mean, because I purposefully tried to, you know, I tried to just come in and do my thing and not be a leader of the band. So, so <laughs> right. I, I tried to. I tried to not, um, you know, because I was, you know, I, I had my own band, which had its own dramas and stuff. And I've had a lot of dr- right. band dramas in the past. So it was kind of refreshing for me to not be in charge of two way radio. I enjoyed not having to be involved in every single drama. I tell you, like, you're so right about that. And I think for me, when it all came to an end, that was like the that was the relief. And that's been the relief of all the projects I've done since. Like, I don't have that feeling like I have to be in charge I'm in charge of so many things throughout the day and I don't want to be in charge of another thing. So, you know, I don't want to tell anyone what to do or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or completely. worry that somebody else is telling someone else what to do. And I, I don't know. So. Well, sure. I mean, we're all adults <laughs> here and, you know, you shouldn't right. have to like, you know, crack the whip, you know, if this is really a thing we all want to be doing. So I know, I know what you mean. But um, no, so I, I didn't. I didn't hate the large band. So there's some logistic things, and I heard Andrew mention, you know, space is always an issue. Um, but but yeah, our pra- our practice space that? was pretty small for even totally for, lovely for eight people. It was tough. I, I think trying to do more than that was a ni- was nightmarish. Did we ever try to I do like more? Our, I can't. Uh, try try to do more than the than the nine I think people. Eight. I think eight or nine, I think nine might have been our cap for, for in that little practice space. That's all that would fit for sure. Um. <laughs> Someone yes. might have been on the stairwell. Yes. I think past, uh, past number nine, you, you might've been um, upstairs and we were running a cord to you. So, <laughs> well, let's, let's talk about two way radio some specifically and like, I, the, the place I started with Andrew was $5 cover. And I asked him this question. I'll ask you the same. Um, what did you think when we first got involved in that project? Where, where, what were your expectations? What did you think was going to come out of it? You know, I, I don't know. I think, um, I think like expectation wise, I tried to keep my expectations pretty low. I mean, I felt pretty, um, it was pretty astonishing that like they wanted us to be a part of it or me to be a, you know, in the first place, that was sort of a weird, um, <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Um, well, you know, it was kind of an enhanced experience for you because not only was the band in the show, but like you were, act- you were actively like a, a star. So you were participating in scenes that the band wasn't even involved in. Yeah. It was super weird. Um, it was super weird. You know, it was a lot of, that was a lot of pressure, but at the same time, I guess everybody as a kid, like has those weird fantasies. Um, and I don't know, I mean, yours was probably to be a musician and mine wasn't, it was actually like, I'm hope that like one day somebody comes up to me and is like, Hmm, you're so interesting that like, let's, let's make a, let's make a TV show and want it to be about you. And that actually happened. <laughs> and I, I guess not a lot of people like that's a weird, uh, weird fantasy that I had as a teenager. And, um, I'm happy to say that uh, that came true um, and, you know, I'm glad for it. I, I actually left uh, left school and studied musical theater um, in college and 
then I had children. So, you know, we've got three kids. One of them is now 16 years old, which is crazy. Can you imagine? Wow. Um, no. I know. <laughs> he hadn't seen us in a while, but he is old and much taller than me, almost taller than Corey. So uh, the wild. it is wild. But um, I transitioned, you know, from thinking I wanted to do theater to finding a love of working with kids. Um, and so I started teaching and I was pretty sure like that wasn't going to be in the cards, you know, <laughs> I think that he, when Craig Brewer called me, I, I had just had the second baby. So that was, it was pretty crazy that it was going to happen after I had decided to have kids and not, not do that anymore. And then right after that, we win the Memphis Pops thing and we get the studio time and Craig and uh, Scott comes on board because I guess I guess we hit it off during five dollar cover. <laughs> I, yeah, I, guess we did. I, I would definitely. I guess we did. We did. I, I, I really liked uh, I really liked Scott. I, you know, I thought he was super still, talented. And yeah, yeah, I still do. too. He's, Sorry, I don't he's like, not, like, Yeah, he's this. not dead or anything. <laughs> You're dead to me. No. He is a, he's an awesome person and, uh, nothing but love and respect there. And it was a real pleasure to get to work with him on $5 cover. And it was almost so much a pleasure. I think that he, you know, offered us that opportunity. And so like, why would we turn that down, um, to have a name or just have a, a talent like Scott Bomar want to invest that level of time, attention and talent into our work, um, you know, we, I think we all agreed that was going to do nothing but enhance the product that came out. And I, I really feel like it did. I love the Memphis Pops uh, concert. It's the only time in my life I've been crowned, you know, I've, I'm a weird person. So I was not like a homecoming queen or anything like, <laughs> um, <laughs> nothing like that. So that was like my one chance, you know, where I got to stand on stage and I got crowned for something that I like, I think is actually cool. And, um, so that's, that's that's good. I do remember, you know, Andrew talked about it a little bit. Um, it's funny because the the Magic Kids or the Barbaras at that time they were right, a, right. They were a real competitor. Can I just tell you, like, I probably listen to their album every day. I really love that band and I really love that album. And sometimes I feel guilty um, that we won that contest. Is, is that bad to say? I'm like, oh I no, won. And they should have won and they <laughs> they won the other prize which was arguably just as good i th i mean some kind of pr package or something i forget what it was they did they 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 definitely were were very deserving of of anything that they got this super talented but i i do remember um that was back in the time where during my day job i had access to hundreds of computers um should I be even sharing this on a podcast? Um, <laughs> Andrew's going to laugh at me. Um, I, I guess it's not technically cheating because, I mean, I, I also know lots of people in my day job. And so in addition to rallying all of our friends and our the people that routinely came to our shows, I also rallied all of these people out in the suburbs. Um, and I had a moment where my boss um, encouraged me to do this and we got everybody in a school building to log in <laughs> to, to the Memphis, uh, to the Memphis pops website and vote for two a radio. Um, oh, nice. and you, you could I, vote I didn't twice. know about this. 
I know. I've never told anyone this before. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> Bennett Foster and the Magic Kids, you guys are amazing, and I love you. And I'm really sorry. I, I well, guess that's not that's not how um, we won the the prize. That's just how we got on no, on the show. That's true. That's how we got onto the bill. So I, I really, yeah, I worked hard, and I don't normally. Um, I don't normally try to work. I try not to have the two worlds intercede, if you will. Wow. You know, I didn't know the but, amount of effort that went on to get that done behind the scenes. I don't know why. I don't know what came over me. I normally just think like, okay, what will be will be, and you know, let's just go out and do our best. We could post about it on MySpace <laughs> or Facebook. It was MySpace back right. then? But like, you know, um, no, that particular time, like, I was all in. I really wanted to win that money to record. And um, only because I knew that the culmination of the, you know, well, we were together for like a decade. We had some songs that I really loved um, and wanted to hear as big production numbers. You know, like I said, I tend to think big. And so in my mind, I'm hearing like I'm hearing that pet sounds. I'm hearing the, you know, the Phil Spector wall of sound um, on some of these and knowing that we have the talent behind it. And I think not me personally i'm sorry you know like the the nine of y'all um and just wanted to make sure that we were capturing that and i feel like at the end of the day we were 100% successful um and okay here's another thing that i would not share normally but i'm going to tell you cuz uh i don't know why uh but i since we recorded that album like this is 12 years ago now i listened to that album Almost every day, like that's is that sh- that's like a weird thing. Oh wow! I don't know. Um, is that true? You've listened to this almost tr- for. That's shocking to me because I didn't. I lost it for a significant mm-hmm. amount of time, and and only recently found uh, my copy of it on CD, which is, I guess, how this whole process of putting it out got started. As I got in touch with you guys after I found the CD. Yes, that was that was my resolve is that, you know, after everything shook out and maybe some things or some aspects of it didn't work out, what was meant to be was meant to be. And I love the place that we all ended up, or at least I love the place that I've ended up um, in my my professional career and, you know, in my family life. So um, but how great, you know, some people have photo albums and some people have, you know, they may look back or, you know, do time hop or whatever in their social media. I go back to that album uh, because it really does tell a story of an important time in all of our lives. And, um, you know, if nothing else, I was okay with the idea that nobody was ever going to hear it because I feel like that was something that, you know, I feel like that was something we did for us and, um, and, and it's ours and, you know, nobody can take that away. There's, there's not like a, there's no legal decree that can keep you from listening to your own recording. So it's like a diary that you can look at and listen to. And, you know, when you listen to something for so long, you, I think I've got a, I've got a really deep appreciation and that's, I, I, I don't know if that's like, uh, not, I don't mean it from an arrogant place either, you know, like I'll listen to it and be like, wow, that, that riff that JD came up with, you know, you can appreciate it even after the fact. And maybe at the time it wouldn't have been something that I was noticing before. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a deeper, a deeper love affair with the album that is coming out on December 11th. And I just couldn't be more excited, I guess, to share that with people. Um, 
obviously, I mean, I can I can sense that uh, that that you're intent to keep things positive, but I do want to ask you about. Um, I mean, were you disappointed? I mean, you had to have been disappointed when this didn't come out. I mean, was it was it frustrating or was it just like a kind of a sad feeling when we realized for you when you realized it wasn't going to come out? What what did what did what was it like for you? You know, um, I don't know. I not like sad in a way where not not sad. I think um, I'm a. I'm a little bit of a down to business kind of person and um, just thinking about the album from like the business standpoint and kind of how that went towards the end of that process. um, If it wasn't something that I could get behind as a business decision, you know, I think it was my call. I'm, I, I, and I don't know if I should regret it or not. Maybe, maybe not, but you know, got the lawyer or, you know, I got my lawyer involved so that, um, so that we wouldn't get, put into a situation where, uh, we were either like trying to pay money, uh, for some of these things that we thought were included in, in signing on with the label, um, or, or us being sold, I guess, to someone that, um, maybe like, what if our values weren't aligned? Do you know what I mean? Um, we had kids, we were not about to hit the road for 10 months a year. Um, I had a job that I loved, uh, at that time teaching. And, you know, I, for me, those things had a lot more value, I guess, than, um, trying to quote unquote, make it. Um, and like I said, from the beginning, that was not really ever a fantasy of mine. I think my, my fantasy already happened and it was amazing. And I've got memories of that. And luckily that's, you know, it's like televised and I can go back and watch that if I want to, too. Um, that's a little harder to watch just between you and I, like I, (laughs) I could not watch that or look at that. Every day. You know, but um, I showed some coworker. <laughs> I showed some coworkers episodes recently, or a couple of years ago, when I when I started at, at um the record shop up here. I showed a couple of my coworkers. If you look on the MTV website, you have to really, really look. But those episodes, mm-hmm. those those things do still exist. Like if you do like a deep search, you can still find it. Yes, and maybe one day it'll be it'll age enough where I'll be like, yes, I want to sit down and really watch that again. I think it's, you know, it's different thinking like this is my diary and it's been put to music or these were my like gut feelings um, and, and or gut feelings that I know that Corey had or Andrew had. And we've been living, you know, we lived together for years and years and years. We're, we're very close. So just knowing the backstory of the music is more palpable, I guess, for me to, to look at. Not that I, I thought the show was awesome, uh, but you know, I don't want to watch myself struggle through trying to make up lines on camera and, you know, pretend to fall in love with people I'd never met before. And, you know, so <laughs> yeah, so, so it's a little weird to watch, but oh, my goodness. Yeah, the, the love the love subplot with Muck Sticky was something else. Oh, my jaw definitely dropped when I read that in the synopsis. That was that that was a surprise. Um, I will, you know, I mean, he is a great person, and um, he's a very nice. You know, guy. never never yeah, judge yeah. a book by its cover. Yeah, I think I saw the the dossier on him, and I was like, "What are they thinking?" And you know, I've got to be honest. I am sure that he opened that dossier. Likewise, felt, saw felt me the same way. Yeah. Oh yeah, I think I was definitely not like his. Uh, 
pick for a love interest either. But well, you know, we. I think that we <laughs> most of the people on that show. I think I think at least half of the other bands didn't even know who who we were. I know, and to me, I think that was a really fun experience. I, you know, um, I I feel like we got to be a part of something and uh, met meet people and and chat with people that um, that I still talk to today. I think. Alicia Trout is a really good example. I would have been terrified to go up and be like, Alicia, tell me all about yourself. Um, thinking like, oh, she must think I'm ridiculous. Her music is different. And she's, you know, to me, she would have been like a, just like a total superstar <laughs> here in, in Memphis. And, um, you know, being in that show, I we actually still talk today. And, um, you know, I, I would, I would tell her all kinds of things. And, uh, She's, she's great. <laughs> so, you know, you never know, um, what happens, uh, with those, with those. And then, you know, some people in the show, like Snow Globe, I actually, you know, went to high school with them and have, that was like my friend group when I was a teenager. So, you know, but it's weird. Ran the gamut for sure. Well, you already touched on this a little bit, but I want to ask you again, what does it mean to you to finally get to put this record out? Um, well, I mean, you're right in the disappointment. It is a, it is definitely a bummer, um, that people didn't get to hear it, you know, like in a time where people might've cared more about it. I, I guess my, my greatest fear is we're going to release this on December 11th and, you know, five people are going to listen to it and that's fine because like I said, it's, I enjoy it every day, but, um, you know, I think if we had released it you know, 15 years ago when we recorded it, um, it, it, it may have, uh, it may have made it into, uh, you know, maybe a commercial or a TV show and it could have gotten some play on radio stations and that would, that would have been fun. That definitely would have been fun. But, um, but you know, it's, uh, it is what it is. And I think even if (laughs) the five people or 20 people that uh, were waiting for this album (laughs) or that still remember that they were waiting for this album are excited about it. I'm, I'm good with that. I I feel at peace to close things out. Let's hear my personal favorite song off of succinct extinction. This one is called I can do better.
that's the show. Thank you to Andrew and Kate from Two Way Radio. Please, please, please check out the new Two Way Radio album at twowayradio901.bandcamp.com or on Spotify or anywhere you get music. Thank you to Arthur with two H's for the opening theme. Thank you to Joey Pegram, two-way radio drummer extraordinaire, for the closing theme. And thank you for listening. Until next time, buy the record and take care, y'all. of the Back to the Light podcast network at backtothelight.net.